Hello and welcome back to Love at First Contact. We're back from our short vacation. Uh, we took a week off from episodes. Uh, a lot of busy stuff going on in our lives, but we're back. As always, I am Sam, and joining me is... Safai. Yeah, I don't know why. I have my headphones on, because <laughs> um, whenever we do sound checks, I have to have my headphones on to make sure the sound sounds good, and I left them on. So <laughs> Safai was just indicating to me, which probably didn't come to the mic, that I had my headphones on. <laughs> so they are now off, um, so I can hear you better. Um, this week... Uh, we had a fun, I almost said Journey to Babel, but that was last week. Um, this week, we met the ultimate computer and asked the question, are AI dangerous? And the answer, yes. Thank you for coming to our podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs> um, it's a great episode, in my opinion. Uh, we'll talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about that during this. It's, it's a very good episode of TOS. Um, I'm sad it is the last good episode of Star Trek we're probably going to watch for a while. You're going to make me miserable for the next couple of weeks? I don't know. Uh, we'll talk... Uh, so, we're, we're doing something interesting. We're trying to get ahead in our schedule. So, we did record three episodes. Or, we watched three episodes, and we're recording three podcasts in a row. So, we're trying to get ahead, and we are now on season three as of this recording. So, we've reached the era of Star Trek where everything gets a little more colorful. Take that how you will. Um, so, what did you think of the ultimate computer. Um, I rated it, in case I forgot. Don't yeah. tell us the rating. Oh, okay. Because that's, that's the end. That's, that comes at the end. Oh, okay. What did I think overall, though? Yeah, what did you think overall? Um, I... Was it good? Was yeah, it... it was It was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think for the 60s, having the smartest man in, in the Federation being a black man was mm -hmm. very different for the time. He was really tall. He was really tall. I don't know how tall that actor was, but man, he was taller than Kirk. A lot of actors were taller than Kirk. <laughs> Did you notice that, like, the Admiral that came aboard, he was taller than Kirk? I didn't notice that part. Yeah, so interesting. Very interesting how they framed that. Maybe because, like, they're, they're higher in authority? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Weird camera angles. Anyway, let's go to your questions. You've got quite a few, it looks like. Um, like, the usual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Before we do this, I gotta talk about this. Why does our cat, who hangs out in our studio with us, choose, instead of sleeping in the $50 cat bed I got him, a piece of styrofoam from the box my computer came in that is the perfect shape for his little loaf body, but why does he choose that? Why does our dog, who chooses to rip up his bed when we get him sleep and ripped up blankets? I don't know. Our pets are weird. I don't know. Weird. Pets are weird. Anyway, off topic. Let's get back. No, Pablo sleeps in the bed. That's true. Pablo does. We have three cats. Uh, you can see them on our Twitter banner. Anyway, anyway, throw in everything <laughs> Let's go to questions. Okay. Um, I wrote... Wait, this is the right one, what? Yeah, this is the right one. Okay. Um, so he... The... the am, uh, Admiral? Admiral, yeah. Yeah. The, the guy, Commodore, whatever, yeah. Like, fleet captain. Yeah. I think that's what he was. When he was a Commodore, yeah. Yeah. He, did you notice, like, how he had a flower on his shirt? Yeah. Yeah. That was that Starbase's... Or so, the like, when did they to. change it to, like, everybody has the same symbol? Uh, the movies. When the movies start soon, we'll, we'll see that they'll use one symbol. Okay. So. And his cufflings were, like, weird. All, all gold. I don't think... I don't... I've never noticed that before with the other Commodores, but with this Commodore, it was, like, big gold, like, like squares. Yeah. Which is interesting. Very interesting. So, I, I don't know. Maybe the costumes department got a little more money for this season, and they were doing more... But, I mean, that would all come crashing down at the end of the season. So. <gasps> I just realized something. Hmm. Kirk wasn't in his green shirt. He wasn't. He was back in the Oh, world. I get this. Mm -hmm. Actually, he was in it for the next three episodes. Yeah, he was. For every episode past this point, he Whoa. is wearing the proper uniform again. Maybe they actually got some money. Maybe he, I don't know. Maybe one of the episodes we skipped, he ripped it, and they never remade it for him. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, my next one is, why would they let a machine run the ship? Well, it comes down to manpower um, and efficiency. So Starfleet is trying to find a way to advance their computers to the point where they can kind of trust them to do more. And we'll, we'll see that in TNG and stuff like that in the future where the computer becomes more advanced. But for right now, the way they were doing that was programming basically an AI. And that AI was not perhaps ready to command a deadly starship. Yeah, I mean, like, if they want it more efficient, like you said, like, they can just add more um, adjustments to their other computers and stuff like that. Well, that's what they're doing. This is an upgrade to the computers. No, but, like... Like, this is completely taking over. I don't mean, like, something completely taking over. Yeah. I mean, like, they already have what they have, and they just adjust a little bit more, or add more... Who, who knows? Which they eventually do, they add more, like, different species. Maybe it is about manpower. Maybe maybe it's literally they just don't want to have as many people on the ships anymore, so they're, like, trying to scale it back. They're trying to fire people? Yeah, which, to be honest, there are only, only 400 people on the Enterprise. I think it's 426 people per Constitution class. In comparison, the next Enterprise we will spend the longest time with has over 10,000 people. Wow. I don't think it's 10,000. I'm going to look up the crew complement of the D real quick. Which, my next question leading into that, I also said, like, they're, like, low-key, which they obviously don't know yet, but they're, like, low-key foreshadowing the future. In more ways than you will know, um... Because I will tell you there are going to be a lot of episodes where the computer does something that we don't want it to do. Like they got the AI. Yeah. And then they got like um, a quote unquote corporation trying to fire their workers yeah. to like replace it with computers. It's true. It's true. Um, I was wrong. It's not 10,000. It is 6,000. That is still exponentially more than 400. So um, clearly this computer taking over the ship thing does not catch on after this episode. No. Clearly not. And didn't you say this all happened before even the space race? So the space race is going on. This was 1968, I believe. Um, so the Apollo program had started, but we hadn't gotten to the moon yet. So they were... <laughs> they haven't even done all that, and they're trying to already build AIs. Basically. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you got to remember, home computers weren't a thing either. Right. That won't come around to the late 80s, early 90s. So, like... The fact that they were envisioning computers to be this advanced is really kind of ahead of their time in a lot of ways. Because everything the M5 computer does, we have computers now that can do that. But a computer just can laser beam somebody to death? Well, that's actually interesting, too, because that laser beam is wireless power, which is something we've actually invented recently, I believe. Um, it's kind of the same technology as, like, MagSafe stuff, where, like, you can put your phone on a pad and it charges just mm -hmm. over long distances. So that is actually something that Star Trek also envisioned that wouldn't come to light for 50, 56 years. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I also wrote, why does Spock, I mean, I think I know now why, <laughs> but why does Spock like the machine so much? Because he is a machine. <laughs> I don't want to sound like McCoy. Because he likes logic. He likes computers, and computers are the most logical things, so I think Spock, like a lot of his crewmates, sees himself kind of like a computer. But what if, I mean, he doesn't see it as the problem as the computer taking his job. No. Because he's a science officer. He's got a job. It's just the captain and, like, the helm officer and the weapons officer. Those guys got to go, but all the science personnel get to stay. Oh, my Spock God. is not threatened in the slightest. <laughs> um, and then I wrote, what if the machine breaks down? Which well, it kind of does. Well, let me tell you, it does. <laughs> and people die. 400 people died in this episode. And they never, like, talk about it again. They never do. Um, there's a game. There's a game called Starfleet... Um, Academy, which is, I believe, the last appearance of Captain Kirk, Captain Sulu, and Chekhov 
in Star Trek, which came out in, I think, 1999. Um, and he addresses it there in a, um, if you if you lose, if you destroy, like, accidentally destroy something, he gives a speech of how he's had to live with the deaths of the 400 crewmen on the Excalibur his whole life. Mm-hmm. But it's not really his fault. Like, Kirk is taking the blame, but at the same time, it's the M5 computer, which is why he's never punished for it. Yeah. But 400 people died in this episode, plus whoever else died in the Lexington and all the other I ships. I didn't think it was actually going to get as far as, like, he actually killed somebody. Like, I thought they were going to figure out a way to stop it before No, he it, it killed a whole ship crew of people. Like, the entire Excalibur is dead. I know. I know, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> I wrote, damn, the computer's coming for Kirk. Yeah. God, that computer was rude to Kirk several times. Look, I don't like Kirk, but damn. Yeah, I don't like call Kirk him either, useless. but jeez, don't call him useless. I don't know if... I think he called himself useless. I think I got that wrong. I think I misheard. Because I thought the computer had called him him Dunsler, but I think he called himself that to signal to the Admiral that he felt useless. But he, I mean, a computer's running everything. All you have to say is what you want, and then eventually, spoilers, the computer just takes over. True. It's very true. So Which is sad. Very yeah. sad for Kirk. I hope I hope Kirk has a very prominent promising career after this that nothing horrible happens. That's a lie. Mm, true. Um, what are war games? War games, so it's a real thing. Um what basically happens is um either um a single nation's navy or a joint operation between multiple countries, they will simulate combat through um indicated damage and stuff like that. And like it's like basically playing a game of Battleship. I was but saying real. like the Battleship. Yeah. So the real games do that, or real real nations do that. I mean, they also call it maneuvers sometimes. Like what is currently happening as we record this near Taiwan. So do they actually like shoot people? They don't shoot, but they will like radio like aiming in this quadrant at this time, and they will fire. Nowadays, I think they have the stuff that they have in Star Trek where they can shoot lasers, and it will simulate the damage so that they like know. Like in laser tag. Kind of. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not a big Navy guy. I'm not a big Navy expert or, like, a war games expert. But I know, like, in the Army, they'll play with paintball guns. Like, they'll shoot each other with paintball guns to simulate war games and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. So That hurts. It, it does. That's the point. So it teaches soldiers how to react in battle and gives them good combat experience that's simulated so there's no risk. Um, so that when um, actual combat comes, they have more experience of how to deal with unexpected situations. But nothing gets them prepared for combat. True. It doesn't, but you can gain the skills you need to maybe survive a little longer through war games and stuff like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I said um, Kirk and McCoy are in love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion in this fandom about the different ships and stuff like that. And Kirk and McCoy, Kirk and Spock, Spock and McCoy... You know, those exist, and people have been after those different ships since the 60s. I mean, there are fan fictions out there since the 60s. People completely give Star Trek credit for shipping culture, like shipping characters, because the first ships were really Spock and and Kirk. The Spurk, that's their ship name. Oh my god. So, I know that from Twitter. He was just all over, like, I got you, guy. Like, you're not useless. I care about you. He's just a really good friend of Kirk's. But very, like, handsy. That's true. Very handsy. And, and like staring at him in his eyes. Yeah. Like, I got you. It's, it's <laughs> interesting. I'm sure it was not intended that way in the 60s, but... Mm-mm. Um, how did the computer, like, form a force field? Well, the ship can form force fields pretty much wherever it wants. Um, there are certain generators in certain areas to block stuff off, so it just rerouted force fields to put one around itself. Really? Mm-hmm. 
That's kind of, um, that's really wild, actually. Yeah, I mean, in future series, we will see that come in handy. There will be moments where entire bulkheads are blown out, and there's just a force field between people in space. What? Yeah. In fact, we're getting close to seeing that. We're going to see that at the end of the Star Trek movies. Uh, and perhaps someone dies. Spock. I mean, Spock does die, but um, I don't think that's a spoiler. We'll find out. We'll get there. McCurk? McCurk. <laughs> no. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, we've got a long way to go before that, though. Um, what is this? Is there any way this could actually happen? Like, the computer can... I mean, you already said, like, they already worked on it now, but, like, is there any way the computer can actually, like, project its energy to get the... when they were trying to... No. So that, that form of wireless power, I don't think, is, is real yet. Okay. Um, so no, a computer could not do that. Um, but there's an entire series of films of why we shouldn't put AIs in charge of our weapon <laughs> systems called Terminator. Very good set of films. Um, and has definitely scared me away from AI for the rest of my life. I mean, like, AIs can be useful for some things, like, like, with iRobot. No! That whole movie is about don't trust AI. No, I mean, like, they can help people, like, they can no, help take care of no. people. No, AIs are too dangerous. We should never dabble in AI. That is a technology I hope never sees the light of day. It already is. It already, it already exists. Here. But, you know, I wish they would listen to the science fiction and not do it, because I guarantee you it's How realistic is that to happen, though? 100%. 100% realistic. If an AI becomes smart enough, which AIs are getting smarter and smarter by the day, and you put it in charge of global defense systems for targeting No, I don't stuff, say you put it in charge of all yeah. that. I'm just saying, like, maybe, like, I don't know, like, they can, they can help pick up some trash around the world, fix... I mean, yeah, those are great. That's great. But, like, that's not what people are going to pay for. But that's what they should, they should put them to, like, humane use. Like, there's, go, Okay, the go reason like, our world is so messed up is because there's no money in cleaning up the world. There's money in destroying the world. Okay, but, like, then there's going to be no money at all if you destroy the world. They don't know that. They don't care. Oh, my God. It's, it's dumb. It's a dumb thing. If we literally all just take a little bit of our time and, like, go do something useful and helpful for someone else without expecting anything, we would all be better. You're right. We would be. You're not wrong. So, use the AIs. That's true. Let's get back into <laughs> questions, though. We're real off topic. Oh, really? Um, what is the doctor hiding? Well, you you know he's hiding that he overlaid a, a neural imprint of himself on the computer, so it's fully sentient. For a second, I got confused about what doctor was talking about. <laughs> got you. I, I don't think McCoy's hiding anything. I don't know. It's McCoy. I, I don't know. He always hides whenever Kirk dies. Doesn't what? Yeah. No. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, but why did he do that, though? The doctor? Yeah. To try to make it smarter. But it's already an AI. It's already but smart. AIs aren't smart on their own. They have to learn. So if you imprint all your memories and experiences and personality onto a computer, that computer becomes as smart as you. Okay, but you can't put all your memories and everything into that because then crap like this happens. That's the point. Congrats. <laughs> you paid attention to the episode. <laughs> And he he was clearly going insane because he was... I don't know. I think he had a nervous breakdown. And, um, they said that. Yeah, and we'll see a lot of that. Starfleet scientists being pushed to the point of just hating Starfleet. Well, he, no, he was he was indicating like he was bullied and his colleagues were making fun of him for thinking like, When he was bigger. a kid, yeah, when he was younger. Yeah, so he was yeah, going so, crazy. Well, yeah, and that's, a, that's something we won't see a lot of in future Star Trek, but we will see bullying. Bullying is a universal constant that needs to stop, but it, it probably it's won't. It's not, yeah. No. I mean, there's cyberbullying. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Is there only one um, M5? Because he was, the doctor was saying, like, no, they're going to destroy him, as if, like, there wasn't yes, another there copy. Yes, there is not another copy of M5. 
Why wouldn't he make more copies? Because you can't do that. Because it's so big and so much data that you can't just make a bunch of copies. And you have to test it first. This was his test. And he failed. I oh. mean, out of all the machines, or mm -hmm. not machines, out of all the um, spaceships that has had to do it on the... Um... Enterprise is the most advanced ship in the fleet. Okay, but they could, like, it's a, it's a test run. You don't want to put all of your marbles on the most valuable thing you got. You could rebuild it. There are other Constitution classes. We see that. What makes the Enterprise valuable is not the ship itself. It's the crew. So you want to take the Enterprise, which has the best record for close to 10 years at this point in this episode, and you want to put it through its paces and see if that computer can do the same as that advanced crew under that same captain. Yeah, but they have a lot of lethal weapons. Yeah, but they turned them down and they didn't think the AI would turn them back up. Oh my goodness. That's too much. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. And was he working on this all by himself? No, he had like a, an instant, or he had like a team. I will say Daystrom will not really receive a black mark in his file for this. He will still be recognized as one of the brightest minds in Starfleet. No, but they said that they were going to send him to like a rehabilitation Rehabilitation, yeah, yeah, but he'll be rehabilitated and then he'll be put back to work. And he does. He continues to develop a computer. Can he handle that? Yeah, he does. He's fine. He, there's a whole institute called the Daystrom Institute in Okinawa, Japan that is dedicated to computer research. An actual place? In Star Trek. Oh. We'll see it. We'll see it down the line. That's why this episode is important. Oh, okay. Okay. Um... Why are this so the doctors going crazy? <laughs> yeah, the doctors going crazy. Well, okay, I, I said I can't believe it actually worked, like that Kirk was able to trick the computer into dying. Yeah, you can trick computers. We've talked about this before, actually. What? You can, you can use a paradox or logic to defeat a computer. So he used logic, the logic of you've committed murder on a, on a grand scale. You've committed mass murder on a starship. You've killed 400 people. Um what is the punishment and the computer realizes the punishment is death so he must die so the computer shuts itself off i don't think it's and, actual uh, death did it's you like... just raise your rating can you not interesting can okay we'll talk about not? that in a minute um <laughs> what... i'll show you my butt well it can it can absolutely kill itself so it shuts itself down it's not dead but it, it basically it's like if i were to go sit in the corner and wait for like nuclear devastation of the planet because the uh, he knows that the computer knows that the Lexington and the Hood and the th third ship whose name I cannot remember um, are coming to assault the Enterprise and destroy it because it received a message saying that Starfleet had authorized the destruction of the Enterprise. Right. So that's the whole point. Okay, my thing is that um, oh, okay, wait, my, my train of thought, where to go, where to go, where to go. Oh, snap. Oh, okay. Like, obviously, the AI is really powerful and mm -hmm. all-knowing and everything like that. Yeah. So, why <laughs> why didn't it scan the ship to see if anyone was on it for it didn't commit murder? Because it just said... Like, well, it, it wants to wipe out things that are threatening to destroy it. But it doesn't want to murder people. So, why wouldn't you check if because no one's on there? Because it couldn't understand that it was a war game. It only understood that there was a ship coming to attack it. So the computer itself was flawed. So it didn't sense that there were people on the no, ship? No, it did. It just thought they were coming to kill it. So they, he killed it before he could kill them. Okay, but even if... This is what I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yes, the ship is coming to kill you. Yes. And, okay. So, but you see that there's people on the ship. So it had already malfunctioned by that point. Remember how it destroyed the Orph Raider? Yeah. There was no one on that, but it still destroyed it. So it's literally just destroying any ship that comes within range of it. 
No, but it deliberately went over to kill it. Like, it wasn't even in range. No, well, no, it was in range. They, it changed course to intercept the fleet that was coming to do the war games because it thought they were an actual threat. Because it's the same thing with the ore freighter. It thought it was a threat. So but it wasn't coming to get it, though. No. They deliberately it, yes. went over there. So it there. had malfunctioned, to, and it was now hunting targets that it thought were a threat to that ship, to itself. It doesn't really make sense. It's, it's so, needless tension for the episode. Geez. Is it also actual po- actually possible for mm-hmm. the other ships to shoot down the Enterprise? 100%. Even Three Constitution-class ships versus one single Constitution-class ship? Yeah, absolutely. Constitution-class ship is the most powerful ship. Let me grab the Starfleet Technical Manual oh, sitting right here Jesus. on top of my printer and turn to the page on I the Constitution-class. Oh, there it is. Okay. Constitution-class. Class 1 heavy cruiser. There are several of them, but like you got to look at the other ships in the fleet. There was the destroyer, which was literally just, you know, one nacelle and Who a saucer. Took the time. Who knows? This book is really cool actually. Uh, just speaking to the audience, if you guys have never looked up the Starfleet Technical Manual, it's completely written in character from the 70s is or 60s. Is everything that will help you fix inside the ship? Yeah, you could literally if you got stuck in Star Trek or teleported into Star Trek and you had to learn Somehow, what somewhere. to do, yeah. And you had to learn how to survive. This book would literally save your life. Do in that they situation. have this book on actual ships? No, this is it's non-canon. It was just something put out in the '60s. This is a very old copy. That's why it's in such bad shape. Is that shape. why it's tearing apart? Yes, it was tearing apart when I got it, and it's held together by tape. But it's it's a very good book. It's one of my favorite. books. You should books. have like a cover or something for it. It it has one. I don't know where it is. It was mixed up whenever we moved, so I've got to find it. Hmm. It had a nice leather-bound cover. Anyway, off topic. So that was the ultimate computer. Um, and in my opinion, it's a very good episode. Uh, you know, it, it's um, an episode that kind of reflects what's happening in today. It reflects fears of the current time of computers getting smarter. Our dog is going to go ballistic now, probably because our roommate's coming up the stairs. That's fine. Let's let him bark. Don't worry about it. Just ignore it. Um, so, yeah, Ultimate Computer, great episode. And I would say probably, I'm not going to say it's one of my favorite Star Trek episodes. I feel I say that too much. But I would say it's one of the, the better TOS episodes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, sorry about the dog in the background, guys. Nothing we can do about that. He's just a rambunctious little guy, and it's too hot to put him outside, so... Go put him in a cage. No, because he'll just bark there, too. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, what would you, you rate this episode? I can see your rating, but I want you to give the reasons for it. Um, so, I had a 6, but I changed it to a 7. Why did you change it last minute? Um, well, because... <laughs> We watched this episode, like, kind of late yesterday, and I didn't fully, like, think about it until we were going over the questions. So I'm like, you know, like, it wasn't actually a bad episode. It was pretty interesting, um, even though, like, I don't really like the Ship in the Bottle ones as much, but... And this was very much a Ship in a Bottle episode. Yeah, but it was pretty interesting seeing, like, their, um, uh, what's, what's that word? Um, not judgment. Prediction, there we go. Their prediction for what could possibly happen in the future. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting commentary on what they saw computers reaching. And to be honest, it, it's reaching that point now, which is interesting because this is supposed to be 200 years from now and it's only been 50 years. So, very curious. Um, but yeah, do you have a favorite character? Um, Not really. No. You wrote that down too. Yeah, um, I was thinking so, about it when I was doing it. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't really have a favorite character this time. I will say this is the first episode in a long time where everybody's there. Um, everybody except Nurse Chapel is there. So like, you've got Kirk, you've got Spock, you've got Sulu, you got Chekhov, Uhura, uh, Doctor McCoy, and you've got Scotty. They're all mm-hmm. on the ship and they're all getting equal screen time. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. 
I will say, um, I think for this season, something interesting happened. So there was a clause put into um, William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy's contracts, um, Kirk and Spock, that they had to have equal screen time as each other. They didn't already have that before? No. Because it was supposed to be that Kirk was supposed to be the favorite character. Turned out... Spock Spock was the favorite character of everybody watching. Because Kirk is the ass! Yeah, so they put that in the contract so that they could have that there. And then I think... I don't remember if it's this season, next season, or the animated show, but George Takei, who plays Sulu, is going to run for City Council of L.A. And there is a rule in California where if an actor is... um, on screen or like if someone is running for office and they are on screen they have to have equal amount of time or like a, a certain amount of time so like every episode has to have a certain amount of Sulu I think that's the animated series though so I'm not sure about that I only remember reading about that in a book which I don't remember which book either so it's interesting to know that we're going to see more of these characters um except in next week's episode which we'll get to uh in the next episode which is um Assignment Earth um, but, but we're going to wrap up. It's We're back to short form episodes now that we don't have a guest. It was very fun having a guest last week. I hope you guys all enjoyed having my mom on for an episode. Yeah. Um, I know we kind of lost track of the schedule there, but that's just because we were waiting for her to kind of get free time to record oh, with us. Wow. I am. Absolutely. She knew She knew weeks in advance we were going to record together. And she she was still busy. <laughs> so it's okay. My mom is a very busy lady and we were very happy to have her. Um, you'll also notice she's been added to our banner on our social media. So if you check us out on at Love at First Pod on Twitter and Instagram, you'll see my mom has joined us in our banner. And that will, every time we have a guest, we'll put them in there. We'll have a little, little What if we have too many guests? guests? Then we'll start doing like the thing where like they're behind us in a row. We'll just make Kate do we more. We do not need that um, many people on there. I don't say this enough in the episode itself. I say it in the description. But if you love the art we use for our podcast, make sure you head over to Instagram to at gloomybug <laughs> and you check out Kate's stuff. Kate is an amazing artist. We work together at Walt Disney World. And she has just... A, a, like, if you, you're having a bad day and you work with Kate and Kate notices you're having a bad day, you will have 24-7 rendition of Baby Shark until you either tell her to go away or it cheers you up. So Kate's just amazing. Check out her work. Does she listen to the podcast? No. <laughs> so she doesn't, I don't even think she knows we have a podcast. Tell her to get on it. I know. So go check out Kate on Instagram. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, we have a YouTube now. Uh, nothing to do with the podcast yet, but we are planning on doing video podcasts very soon. Uh, once I find time and money to build the set. <laughs> so that's coming. Um, right now I'm doing stuff on Space Engineers. I don't know how long that'll last. I think that's going to wrap up here pretty shortly. But if you enjoy in-character Star Wars or Star Trek stuff, check oh, it. Oh. I know, I got that wrong. Ooh, I'm going to get eaten alive for that. Check it out on there for as, however long as I plan to do that. So um, no guarantee that'll last forever, though. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. It's always a joy to bring this podcast to you. Um, and we will ba- be back next week uh-huh. with Assignment Earth, uh-huh. the failed pilot of the show that was supposed to replace Star Trek, and guess what? It didn't work. Uh, we'll talk about that more next week. So have a great week. Stay safe out there. Make sure you hydrate. Boldly go. It's warp time. Bye. Bye.